For my 404, they go. I want easy money. We get easy money. Man, South Foot. Gang! Yeah. Hey, I got the answers, I got the answers, I got the answers. Oh, you do? I got the answers, I got the answers, I got the answers. Okay, cool. They have my answers, we bout that action, we have effects. I'm with the mayor, South Fort, and he say facts. Let's go. I got the answers, I got the answers, I got the answers. I got the answers, I got the answers, I got the answers. Let's go. They have my answers, we bout that action, we have effects. I'm with the mayor, South Fort, and he say facts. Falcons fans, Falcons fans, what's going on guys? How are we doing today, man? Uh, we're back. It's draft week. This is, like I said, every year, this is one of the most exciting years um, to date. I mean, this is one of the most exciting times during football because you get to um, envision what comes next. You get to hope and have all the possibilities before reality kind of kicks in. So it's, this is um, the most hopeful, fun part of the season to me um, for that very reason. So let's hop in it man we're uh three days away from the draft the draft is thursday you know i love uh covered in the draft um before we talk about the draft and what i would do and what they say they're gonna do um we're gonna acknowledge some of the the new pickups um we got jesse bates um which is one of the top safeties um in the league not just in free agency that was one of the top safeties in the league um and we were able to sign him um, which is is amazing uh, we signed back Bud Dupree, but we also made it made a, a nice little trade um, for Jeff Okuda. So Jeff Okuda was the first corner taken off the board in AJ Terrell's draft. That was the the corner that they said was a little bit better than AJ. And uh, and I remember I could pull it up. I remember saying like I don't know what they are watching. AJ is clearly the smoother guy. And um, the careers have kind of um, reflected that up until this point. Well, they're still into this point, but now we made a trade for for that guy. We have that guy on the team. That's two top corners in that draft. Um, when you get two guys in the same draft at the top of the draft, um, that speaks uh, volumes to the GM um, to pull a move like that. Just smart to go ahead and do that. Um, and that's the the key to success to me is when you get a lot of high draft picks from the same draft, um, your team can can really build. Um, so uh, we also got Calais Campbell, who I wouldn't be too too excited about the Calais Campbell um, pickup just because how old he is. Um, if they can keep his snap count down, then. I think he'll be super effective. Um, I don't see him just being a major key part. Making he will make major plays in in major times, but I don't see them um, pushing him out there. Them asking him to win us a game because of his age. Um, he'll get tired quick. He'll he'll need the most rehab. He'll need the most rest. Uh, I'm not saying he's not up for it. He is because he signed up, but. Um, it'll just be a little bit harder to keep him out there, keep him healthy, keep him his motor going. You know what I mean? So um, that's a guy that I expect to just have um, a certain amount of snaps. You know what I mean? Um, or snap count. Um, so with those moves, um, they're all defensive moves, right? Um, with those moves, you would assume we would go offense, right? Uh, and you would assume that I'm going to sit here and say we should go offense. Um, but... Uh, I don't think that's the move. Now, Arthur Smith has went offense, offense, offense. Um, ever since he got in here, he's went Cal Pitts, Drake London, first two. So um, that does leave me to believe that he is going to go offense this year. I think he values high um, weapons um, in the drafts. Um, 
board or drafting weapons high. Um, he doesn't want to get those those late round. I think he can get defensive players late round, um, but I think he cares to get uh, all the top talent, offensive talent, early on in the draft. So, with that being said, who I think we should or who I think they are gonna get will be the running back out of Texas, Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is an explosive player. Hear me out. He's an explosive player. He's um, real good uh, with with all type of run, run scheme, zone power, um, very shifty. Um, is also a threat out the backfield, can move into slot. He can do uh, a lot of things on the football field. Um, and that's who I've been hearing. Uh, they've been uh, interviewing and, and, and looking at. Um, that's a name to fall to the Falcons. Um, that name disappoints me. As you hear, I'm talking about him. I'm not necessarily um, just happy uh, or uh, ecstatic, you know what I'm saying? Um, to get a running back, for the simple fact that a running back is a running back. Running backs are dime a dozen. Um, if you look at the running back free agency list this year, there was a lot of good running backs. Um, the best one being um, Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott came out. Y'all remember how far Zeke was in college? He went, got drafted. He didn't win his team anything. Um, it's not like he just wheeled his team to the Super Bowl. Uh, um, you got Saquon Barkley, um, who got picked up. He didn't wheel his team to the Super Bowl, and, and he has a couple of injuries. Um, even Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, one of the, the, the top running backs. Um, he didn't win you anything. Um, uh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry hasn't won you a Super Bowl. It's not like you just ran him to the, the Super Bowl or whatever the case may be. Um, so I named a couple of great quarterbacks. I mean, a great running backs that um, just didn't get anything. Uh, LaDainian Thomas, one of my favorite running backs growing up. Uh, he didn't win anything, in it, and I believe he's a great running back. Um, one of the best to do it. So uh, to me, when you look at Super Bowl-built teams, they're built off of running backs that um, – not necessarily top running backs in the league. I think Leonard Fournette um, would have been the most recent top running back, and he's just a—he's not a home run hitter. He just gets five yards a pop, which is something that is super important with a running back. Um, I just don't believe in spending um, the first round pick asset on. Um, a B. John Robinson when you're going to just run him to the ground. He's going to have a couple of injuries and he won't be on this team in about six years. Um, whether that's if he has the best first three years of his life or doesn't, um, I don't see him a running back being on his team in six years. You're going to use him up um, and then uh, get rid of him. You're not going to I doubt he makes it to the second contract, especially if you use him like a first round draft pick. Um, it will be harder for uh, a running back to make it to that second contract for the simple fact of um, that's just a physical position. I wouldn't spend high um, draft picks on a running back. You can get a running back in the third, fourth, um, and kind of give you the same production, um, give you five yards of pop, and can get you to the Super Bowl um, with cheap labor, and you don't even expect to pay this guy. That's just this guy's just blessed to be in the NFL, um, and and he will he will make the same amount of plays. So. I know a lot of people are like, man, but he's one of the best top three people in this draft. Um, I hear you, but he's a running back. I could care less if he was God. If he's a running back, um, he has a shelf life, a low shelf life. It just doesn't make sense getting a first-round pick that won't probably be on your team in six years. And if he is, you're going to need somebody to help him out. Um, so for that, um, the value of, of that position um, just to me is not worth a first round pick. I don't care who the player is, how good the player is, because B. John Robinson, like I said, is um, a top player. He's a good player. 
Um, I just don't see him fitting our team. If that makes sense, I don't. I don't want him. Um, so uh, we we obviously have holes. Um, not as many as people think. I think the D line um, is a little bit better based off of the, a couple of signings. I don't think you need to spend the first round pick on the D line. You have Grady Jarrett already um, on the D line. That's your main weapon, and, and then you have pieces around him. Um, you have Jesse Bates at safety, um, so I think that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. AJ at corner. You have your number one um, at all levels. The only level that you don't have a, a number one at is the middle. Um, level so the linebackers um and and we go ahead and put um nickel and and slot corner in in that um middle level um as well uh because they play close to the ball so um in my professional opinion i would go get the first best safety off the board brian branch who can play um slot corner he can cover he can play linebacker snaps and he can play safety snaps. He is the most versatile defender in this draft. Versatile defender in this draft. That means he can play three positions at a high level. He's very good at blitzing. He's very good at playing um, close to the line. He's very good at playing 15 yards back. Um, he's comfortable in space tackling. Um, t- he plays, he's about six feet, 190. Plays way bigger than that. I've seen him tackle. Um, B. John Robinson, uh, ironically, one-on-one in, in open space. I've seen him uh, hit tight ends and, and make them go backward, guys that are way bigger than him. Um, so, uh, like I said, a lot of mistake that people make during this time uh, is when they look at uh, the, the combine drills and the results of the combine drills, and they say, okay, this person will be good because it is well. Um, the combine drill, the drills, um, don't overlook film. I think film is one of the most important things when picking a player. Um, I can watch film and still pick a good player uh, and not even watch the combine. Um, you can't watch the combine without watching film and pick a good player. The combine um, holds a lot of weight to analysts and, and they make it a big thing so people can watch. But um, imagine as soon as the, the college season in, you're going to fly out to California, you're going to fly out to Florida um, or Texas and, and work specifically on drills to perfect the drill. Um, so your technique will change your running style. All these things are, will be built to just have a good combine day and not necessarily a good football career. Film shows me how you naturally move, how you naturally react. Um, and that's why I always tell people when you go to the combine, um, I wouldn't stress it as a number thing, especially if you have good film. They just want to see how you naturally move and run. I don't even think there's numbers attached to it that they want to see unless um, unless you tell the world that you're super fast or you're blazing fast. Then, okay, they want to see, all right, um, let's see if he runs this time or whatever. But most of the time, they just want to see how naturally uh, you can run, how you can move those hips, um, things of that nature. And uh, we put a lot into it. We put a lot of stock into it, but I, I don't think we should. I don't think a lot of stock... Um, should really go into the, the the combine at all. So, like I said, Brian Branch. Um, oh, ooh, did I drop a name? I did. Brian Branch. He's from Alabama. The safety from Alabama. I thought I uh, took away the surprise. But guys, um, when you turn on the film, 
uh, it's just you talk about value at eight. You got a guy that can play three positions. Um, it's a 16 game season. Um, it's very physical. You might need um, players. Players might go down and you need versatile players to move over. Brian Branch can do that. He can um, for games, depending on the receiver. I can see him taking some outside snaps. Um, I can see him taking away the tight end. I can see him covering the running back. Um, depending on who the matchup is, you can ask him to do a lot. Um, and uh because it is a 16, 17 game season, you're going to have to beat teams different ways and teams are going to attack you different ways. You can't just line up with the same defensive plan and say, okay, um, this is how we're going to play week one through week 17. It's not going to work like that. So you need versatile players. Um, This guy to me is about the second best football player taking out quarterbacks. Um, He might be the second best football player in this draft. Jalen Carter, who everybody dubs um, the first best football player of the top, um, football player, maybe Will Anderson. Um, I just saw their motor. I didn't see the motor that that Brian Branch has, and 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 not that Brian Branch just has a super motor that pops off. Um, I just think Will Anderson kind of um, took a step back this year. Um, being that he was probably projected in the NFL, I think he just wanted to be healthy. Didn't really affect the game, um, and I don't really like that. Um, that attitude per se, especially in, in college, when in college only a couple players affect the game and, and you can win. You're at Alabama, you got those couple of players. If you're one of those players, I need you to go all out because you affect this season, not sit back and protect yourself. So Will Anderson didn't make the splash that I thought he would this year to make me want to go get him. Um that that it just didn't. It's just like, okay, um, who is this? I thought he was supposed to be all this all world. But he wasn't. Um so and Jalen Carter, he just has too many speeding tickets from for Atlanta to draft him. Um, he's a great football player, but I don't think he's a fit for the city right now in his career. Maybe later on down the line, but he he still has some um, things to do off the field. I'm not going to say grow up or be immature because um, I speed through school zones right now. But um, when you're giving a player a lot of money, you you have to think about those things. Um, of like, okay, if I give him this money, is he going to waste it off and 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 be off the field in a couple of years because he wants to speed and in a city like Atlanta. You know, we got all these Hellcats and Dodgers and, and all of these things. Um, I just don't think this, this is the city for Jalen Carter. Um, I think Seattle or something like this. I'm a born slow city, um, Indianapolis. That, that'll that be good for him just to go back and forth to work, get you a little car. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the three previous speeding tickets would have scared me, especially one of them. Um, and it wasn't his fault, but there was a death uh, surrounding one of his um, speeding incidents, um, and everybody knows about that. So um, that's why that's why it's hesitation on those two players. But when you see Brian Branch, he has a nose for the ball. He wants to tackle. Play recognition is off the charts. Like it's not like he's watching. Well, I know he watches film, but it's not like um, oh he calls a play out before. It's oh I see the play diagnosed. Shoot, let me run. Um, and go make a tackle and the tackling. I think he is the best tackler in this draft. Um, I just don't see how you could look at his value and then look at a running back and say, I want a running back. Um, Brian Branch is right there for the taking that can make this defense um, a high quality defense right away. That's a starter to me. That's a longevity starter too. playing that position. That's 10 years. That's 11, 12, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
that's you're, you're gonna get some value out of that first round pick a guy who can plug plug in and play you're not gonna share reps that's the other thing if you get a running back um you're gonna share a lot of reps which is okay that makes sense um but to get it at eight i just don't understand why would you get a guy at eight that's gonna share snaps like the guy that you get at eight is gonna play a full game um so to me that's why i love a brian branch like you know what i mean um I, I just think that's the pick I'm hearing um, B. John Robinson it's really hurt me that a lot of football experts are just trying to push this narrative to get a running back at 8 it just just doesn't make sense to me um, especially being where this team is at um, not that far behind I don't think they're that far behind um, and we, we ran the ball a lot I think we ran the ball effectively we've actually ran the ball um, the best I've seen since I've been a Falcons fan these last couple of years um, we were able to get a yard. We were able to run and finish games. We were able to um, stay in the offense and, and run and push the ball down some team throws and really bully some teams. We, we did that with Algier. Um, I don't think you need the best running back to finish that. Um, I don't think Cordero Patterson should take much um, running back snaps. I think he should keep it at special teams. Uh, maybe move to wide receiver. Maybe be a gadget. But he's getting older, um, so like a, you do need another running back. Algier can't handle all of this on his own. You do need another one, maybe two. Um, but I think you can go to free agency, get one off the the list, and I think you can go get one late in the draft. And that free agency list, I think you can get a pretty good running back. I think you can get a pretty good running back and, and a pretty good running back um, third, fourth in a draft, and, and that fix your problem and, and actually still get the same production um, as a B. John Robinson. It might not look the same. Like, B. John Robinson's might look cuter. He might be on ESPN for juking, juking two people um, and getting 10 yards. Our running back would just run straight and get 10 yards. Um, so, like I said, I'm just worried about production, not how it looks, what it looks like. Um, yes, he is the best, but best running back we've seen in a minute, but um, we haven't seen in all of our history um, top running back just come in and win you a Super Bowl. Like, um, we've seen a quarterback kind of flip the team. Um, we've seen um, defenders come and, and make a, a huge impact, um, but a running back, we've just seen them kind of sell tickets uh, per se. So those are my like quick little thoughts, um, if it makes sense um, to y'all. Give me some feedback. Tell me who you guys want. Um this episode will come out Tuesday. Um, Wednesday, we'll kind of just hop around and think, and I'll go through and then tell y'all what I think, who's going to go first, second, third, fourth, all the way up into eight. Um, and then we'll dive deeper into the later rounds, guys that I have picked up um, and, and scenarios that I think are going to happen um, that are y'all going to call me crazy. Um, and I'll give you one of them. I, I think this is a tight end rich, a tight end rich draft. I think Cal Pitts is real skinny. Um, and does not need to play tight end this year, especially coming off of knee surgery. Um, seeing him walking in OTAs, I don't even think he's going to be ready um, for the preseason um, or the first um, game. If he is, he needs to slide out to wide receiver. And in the second round, we need to get another tight end. That sounds crazy. We just traded for, uh, and I didn't talk about this, John New Smith, um, a tight end. We just traded for him. We got Fitzpatrick on the um, uh, on the roster. Uh, Parker Hesse on the roster and Cal Pitts. Why do we need another tight end? Well, Arthur loves tight ends. We're going to play through our tight ends. And uh, I think it will allow Cal Pitts the flexibility to go outside if you have two other tight ends that can block um, and catch for him. So Johnny Smith can do that. And you have another tight end um, and you would flex uh, Cal Pitts out wide and then Drake Lennon on the outside. And then that could be a form of the offense. That could be um, a part of it because – 
when we were advertised Kyle Pitts, the beauty of him was he could line up at receiver. And when he had Matt Ryan, a, a, a good quarterback, we saw him line up and win those snaps. Um, so that's, that is a part of his game. We can't just put him in the end man on the line of scrimmage and just call him tight end, put your hand in the dirt block, catch pass from here. He's, he's more versatile than that. So we got to start using him like that. And the only way we are allowed to do that, um, if we get another tight end weapon. So this is a tight end risk draft. Um, it's not like we need a tight end. Yes, we just went and got one at four. Um, but I, I would like to, to if we're going to play through that, I would like to um, even up that, that room. You know what I'm saying? That room should be able to um, last for 17 games. Um, whether one goes down, we still got to keep up the same production. Or if one this week goes out wide, um, we still need to keep that same production no matter how we game plan. Uh, so um, that's a scenario that I brought up. And then a lot of people are like, okay, ah. Uh, Another scenario that I want to bring up, um, and we'll talk about this in deep um, tomorrow, but another scenario that I want to bring up is uh, I don't know if quarterback will go one, two, three, and four. Um, it's been talked about. It's been talked about. These are just, but every year, um, what happens is people grade the quarterbacks based off of that year, and they tell you, okay, this is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. We'll stack this quarterback up with um, the history of the, the NFL, um, then you start, that's when you start to say, okay, is this a generational player or is this just a regular um, guy? Sometimes we've hyped up people um, with recency bias. Like, okay, this guy did this in last year in college. Um, but okay, well, they, they, this is kind of normal. It's just the, the pool wasn't that good this year. Um, and not saying that's the case. You got Bryce Young, you got CJ Stroud. Um, I just think um, because of from what I've seen, uh, I think, Carolina, who jumped up to the first round, I think they're going to get Anthony Richardson. I don't, I don't know why you would jump up and not get a project uh, player that is that has the most potential at, at number one. I don't think you get a CJ Stroud because there's a as good as CJ Stroud is in college. There's a lot of guys that can do what CJ Stroud does uh, on the NFL level. Um, about ten quarterbacks that can do that. Um, CJ Stroud is super athletic, um, very good decision making, very accurate passer. So I'm not taking that away from him. I'm just saying if you look at the NFL, um, so I don't think teams are in love with him as much as the media is. Um, Bryce Young is short. It's just short. That's the only knock on his game. Um, a lot of coaches don't like calling um, short for calling plays for short quarterbacks. It's just a, it's a little harder just because he might not be able to see the routes over top. So um, the protection might have to be a little different. Um, the quarterback steps might have to be a little different. Now at Alabama, um, he looked pretty normal. It was. It, it, I don't think they they catered around him, but they also didn't win. So. Um, it, that it depends on that office coordinator. Now, number two pick, the the Texans have the number two pick, um, and they also have the number twelve pick. I don't know why they wouldn't get the best defender in the draft instead of a quarterback that they kind of like, um, unless they have a quarterback picked and he falls to them at two. Like if the best quarterback goes off the board at two, I'm getting the best defender. Okay, and then at twelve, I'm gonna get a project, maybe like a Hendon Hooker, who I think is really like the third best quarterback, but a lot of people don't want to talk about him. Um, you got Will Levis, who has a huge cannon, a huge arm. I think he's a project. Uh, Anthony Richardson is a project. Um, I think there's a lot of projects, and, and the media is hyping them up. But I, as a coach, I don't know if everybody's just uh, the number one consensus is quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Um, we fell in love with this guy. You know what I mean? Because they're coach, they've been around. They might say, okay, CJ Stroud, I've seen this before. Nothing too spectacular, but um, great college career, but he might just be, um, this. that's pretty normal on the, the, the NFL level. 
Um, we didn't see him take a lot of deep shots, and he had a lot of great receivers. I think his whole receiver core um, are like top receivers in the league right now, um, if not about to come out and be the top. So um, it'd be a little bit harder to evaluate him. So the scenario I see is Anthony Richardson going first, a defense person going second. Um, at third, I can't remember if it's the Colts. I think the Colts have the fourth pick. Um, I can't remember who has the third pick. Um but I, I, I think it's Seattle or I can't remember, but um, I really see them going defense. I don't see a lot of teams just just going for a quarterback. Will all of them go in the top 15? Yes, I do. I do think that I think um, four quarterbacks will go in before the first 10 picks. But I don't think it is um, just automatic that they will go one, two, three and four. Um, somebody's going to throw a ranch in there and, and mess this whole draft up, whether they get a player that they just didn't, people didn't see, or um, they just don't take a quarterback that everybody thought they, or they, yeah, they don't take a position that everybody thought they were going to take. Um, so that's the scenario um, that I see. And, and they've been a little controversial. Everybody's like, why would they do that? Why would they? But um, you got to think um, the Texans, they have a defensive coach, not a defensive minded coach. They got a linebacker that played coach. I think he's going to try to beef up that defense first um, before he, even thinks about fixing the offense. Um, so th those are just my predictions. Um, I told y'all what I want in the first round. That's Brian Branch. I told y'all about the how the, the, the new free agency pickups are going to help us out. Um, y'all get back to me. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. Who do you want? Um, a lot of people want pass rush, but I think those days of being a pass rusher away are over with. That was 2016 when you had a quarterback. Um, you had a running back. You had a receiver. You had defense uh, or you had defense pieces. You were a pass rusher away. And a lot of Falcons fans have been fixated on getting that pass rusher since 2016. Well, the team dynamic has, has changed since then. We are not a pass rusher away. I don't think you, if you get a pass rusher, that doesn't solve your problems. So I don't need a top pick pass rush. A lot of people are like, man, the Falcons need pass rush. Well, yeah, we need, we've needed it since 2016. But since 2016, other um, holes have, have opened up. You know what I mean? Um, so um, that's not the end-all, be-all. I don't think there is no end-all, be-all. Um, so I don't like the pass rush um, talent in this draft. I don't like um, Nolan Smith. A lot of people uh, saw his combine and were like, oh, man, he's athletic. Um, but he's black. I don't know why people are surprised every year that black people can run and jump at the combine. is the stupidest thing. But obviously this guy. As this black with twisting his hair, he he can run fast and he can jump far. Um, that shouldn't surprise you, nor should that be the factor that that you pick him up. Um, the film he only has like four to six sacks in his two to three years there, um, so it's just a little different. Uh, um, but, but I'm gonna gonna save some of these thoughts for uh, the next podcast tomorrow. And y'all listen to this, please give me a feedback. Um, tell me who you want in the draft. All right. Uh, thanks for this. I have the answers, guys.